Hey there, what's up, Warriors? It is Jeff from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 353. So I just got back from our latest warrior retreat where I work with veterans that are suffering from combat-related post-traumatic stress, and I always learn something at these retreats myself, and I can't wait to share my biggest takeaways for life hacking for overcoming obstacles in your life and getting more out of your day, your relationships, and even your training. Let's get started. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. All right. Hey there. Welcome back, everybody. It's Jeff Anderson, Executive Director of WarriorLife.com. And okay, so if you've been following us for a little bit of time here, you know that I have a a 501c3 nonprofit called Operation Save Our Soldiers, and I work with another nonprofit organization to sponsor retreats where we bring in eight to 12 veterans each time and give them, there's a special type of therapy out there known as rapid resolution therapy that works almost like magic on erasing the triggers and the kind of automatic responses that we have as veterans who have been through combat and the traumas that happen internally uh, during combat. And as you know, 22 well, depending upon what studies are out there, 20 to 22 veterans commit suicide every single day in response to trying to deal with those traumas that they have experienced in combat or over on the battlefield or even just being over in a battle zone. And it just becomes so overwhelming. Um, The VA system does not work very well. The type of therapy that soldiers get Uh, The pills that they get, like it all is a downward spiral. We have lost exponentially more people to suicide than we have on the actual battlefield. And so these retreats are a way that we can overcome that using rapid resolution therapy, which is this this real cutting edge type of therapy that really does almost work like magic. Um, In just as little as one, two hour session, we can completely eliminate the effects or the the symptoms that veterans feel when they're triggered of their uh, of their post traumatic stress and it really is revolutionary and this retreat that i just came off of right here i just want everybody to know was really paid for by you because we've done a uh, little while ago we did a big fundraiser and we were able to make enough money to pay for an entire retreat. So everybody that came to this retreat was completely paid for by our nonprofit that comes from donations from people like you. 100% of your donations, they are tax deductible. And I mean, first of all, your your donations are tax deductible, but 100% of what you put in goes to sponsoring the veterans to come to the retreat and get the help that they really need out there. Um, I take care of all of the personal expenses of the organization so that all of your money can go to the veterans themselves. And the last fund drive that we did had an amazing response to it. And you really have changed lives with your donations. So if you haven't donated or you want to help out with the next warrior retreat that we have coming up, again, soldiers don't pay anything. We pay for all of their expenses from flying them in to the retreat location, to the therapy, everything is paid for for them. 
So that's why our do- your donations are so important. So if you want to find out more information and you want to help help out with sponsoring the next Warrior Retreat, you can go to operationsaveoursoldiers.org and you can find out more information there, okay? But like I said, I learn something every time that I go there as well. I've gone through the rapid resolution therapy. I've gone through the retreat. And it literally changed my life in just one hour of one uh, one session with with my RRT coach, who was also a combat veteran, um, really kind of dug up some stuff that I didn't realize was there and showed me um, how powerful this this therapy is. And I've continued to go back. In fact, we have a lot of veterans who have gone through the program and have experienced such a change that they want to come back and they want to help coach other veterans and help everybody out. But each time that I go, selfishly, I learn something new. I learn from the veterans that come. I learn from experiencing their transformation with them. I learn from just from listening to other people and just being observant to those around me. I learn something every single time. And so this time was no different than any other time. And I really do have some powerful takeaways here for you that I think can really help you in your own life and even in your own training if you apply it that way. All right. So I'm just going to go through these here. Um, two things that stuck out for me this retreat are actually boat analogies. <laughs> um, I, I had heard the I had heard one quote before, and it led me to another one or this this concept. And both of them, I made a point to really talk with the veterans about how to f- kind of frame things when they're going through anything in their life, but also even just for the weekend retreat. And so I'm going to give you these two analogies here and then how I've applied them and with the veterans, but also maybe how you can apply them as well. So the first one is the leaky bucket analogy. And, and the analogy goes that um, if you're in, there's a there's a guy in a boat and the waves are coming over the boat and they're the the boat is filling up with water. And so fortunately, he has a bucket and he's starting to really pick the water up in the bucket and, and get it out of the boat. But the waves keep coming over the bow of the boat. So water keeps coming in and he keeps bailing it out. But it doesn't really seem like he's making much progress. The water still comes in. He's still bailing water out. But the water doesn't really go down. So the boat continues to sink a little bit more each time. Finally, he looks at the bucket and realizes that there are a bunch of holes in the bucket. And that while he's been trying to bail the water out, a lot of that water is coming back into the boat because he has an ineffective bucket. And so you can apply this to life. I mean, storms happen, right? Thing, we all go through tough times. We all have water that comes over our bow and starts to fill up our boat. And these things can break us. The stress that comes with these outside conditions that are thrown at us against our will, they can break us or they can make us stronger, but they can also make us smarter. If the waves keep coming over the bow of your boat, maybe it's not the wave's fault. Maybe you need a different bucket. Maybe the bucket that you're using to try and bail the water out of your boat has holes in it. Maybe it's an ineffective bucket. Maybe you need a different bucket. Which brings me to the next analogy before I tie out both of these together, which is the one degree shift. And this one you, you may have heard before, merely like it, if, you want, if you're on a jet ski and you want to make a turn, 
then you just turn, right? Like you can almost do a 180, almost in a split second with a jet ski. Well, sometimes things that happen in our lives aren't jet skis. Like we're, we would love to just be a jet ski for everything in our life, but sometimes the problems really are overwhelming. They're, it's like steering an ocean liner. And if you try to steer an ocean liner, you're not going to do 180 at a split second, obviously. So what do you do? It can oftentimes feel like it's just, it's just too big to try and steer out of it. But if you steer just one degree off from the path that you're on, it might not seem like that much. It might not be noticeable at all. But if you continue on that one degree, then you're going to be in a completely different destination than you would have been if you didn't steer at all. Whether that's a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, you're going to be in a different location. Well, the same thing applies in your life. So let me tie both of these together. Sometimes life can seem overwhelming. Sometimes it can, it can feel like we're steering an ocean liner. Sometimes those problems really are insurmountable. That is the biggest hurdle that we have with the veterans that are coming to the retreat is that they've tried everything. You know, they know that the problems are there. The trauma is there. Trying to deal with it is there. And they're finally strong enough to be able to do something about it. And the VA doesn't work. And the pills don't work. And they're still not getting any sleep. And they're still having nightmares. And they're still having pain. And they're still having outside conditions with family and relationships and and marriages and kids and all of these things are happening and it just becomes too overwhelming and when there's no it doesn't look like that ocean liner is steering any direction this is what you have to look at the rest of your life that can be overwhelming and a lot of guys unfortunately and and women take their own lives because it's just too much now at the retreat our veterans are shown a lot of tools for self-management They're shown a lot of ways to create a better bucket, to start plugging in those holes. And that better bucket is what really helps you keep afloat during hard times because we can't stop hard times. We can't stop hard times. But we can build a better bucket to help us get through hard times, to help us bail out the water. But it's impossible to do them all. So that's where I talk with veterans about the one degree shift. And what I ask them to do is to be mindful during the retreat and try to identify the 1%, just the 1% shift that really stands out as having the most potential to make the biggest shift in their life for them. Now, that's going to be different for each person there. That's why we give so many different uh, types of tools, exposure to so many different types of tools that are out there. Because you never know what is going to just really click with you. And we find that every single time we expose them to tools that they've never had exposure to before, a lot of them. And we remind them of tools that they used to have. That they've just, you know, there were holes that just kind of, you know, rust kind of ate out the bottom of the bucket. And it brings them back to that. Now, you can apply this even to your own training. What one skill do you feel is most needed to level up and will have the biggest impact on you feeling prepared? What one small thing done consistently, staying on that one degree shift, would give you the ability to reach your goals? Maybe it's just dry fire, something you know you probably should be doing, but you're probably not doing. Can you get 
tighter shock groups if you do hand exercises for a tighter grip. What is the 1% that you can do that's easy? It's just a one degree shift. It's not a huge impact on your life. It's not taking on like a brand new diet or something. Maybe it's just taking one thing out of your diet. Maybe it's just stopping to drink soda. What thing can you do that will have the biggest impact that you can just work on one thing? Okay. Um, the next thing I want to go over is one of the one of the events that we do at the very beginning. In fact, it's the first thing that we do when when veterans get there. And there's a reason for this is we do equine therapy. So we have a very special program out out here, right near where we where we hold the retreats here in Florida. And essentially, um, I look. I was not a big fan of equine therapy. I'm like I don't. For me, the rapid resolution therapy was the cure. For PTSD, um, equine therapy, like I wasn't, I didn't think veterans needed management tools or anything like that, but there's a reason for these things. And I'll kind of talk about this here in just a little bit, but the equine therapy is working with horses and the veterans come and there's a very special program and they, they learn how to, they learn about the horse's mentality. They learn how they, how they live together, how they are individually, their personalities, what they like, what they dislike, how they how they're stubborn, how they how they can be trained. They learn a lot of different things just by being with them in this program. And the key for me came uh, this time when one of the veterans, when we were doing a check in, said that he noticed that the horse was scared at first because he was scared. And then the horse wasn't because he wasn't. And he realized that the the horse that horses feed off of how we are with them. If they know that we are angry, or that they might they might actually just show you that they don't want to work with you, that they're standoffish from you. One guy who was there was a um, was an interrogator in the military, so he's been through a, a lot of stuff. And I remember him saying, he, I mean, he hadn't worked with horses before, but the trainer came up to check in with him, and he was rubbing the horse near his mouth and, like, just kind of stroking right near his mouth. And the, the trainer was like, oh, my gosh, like, horses don't like that, and especially this one does not, does not like to have you anywhere around his mouth. This horse literally fell asleep on the guy's I mean, I, whether he was asleep or not, I don't know. But, but basically, just like nuzzled um, his the, the horse's uh, face into his shoulder, and just like leaned right into him, just kind of snuggled with him in a way, you know. And it was really it was kind of a magical thing. But he said like that's the energy that he brought. He he had this bond with this horse. So here's the lesson for you: people feed off of you and your energy. Your, your family, your kids, your, your coworkers, you can tell when somebody comes into a room and they're, not, they're just not right. They're angry or they're depressed or, you know, you can, you can, you can feel the energy coming off of them. And people are going to feed off of your energy. So who are you bringing to your day? How are you showing up for your partner, for your kids? We've even started doing the the retreats for for partner for spouses and for for children now because they are affected by the veterans and how they show up at home and they come back broken 
inside oftentimes. And the family is just str- the families just struggle to help them. They want to help, but we're we kind of learn as soldiers to just stuff it down, to protect our families. When it doesn't protect them, they can see how we're hurting. Your family, no matter whether you've been in combat or whether you have PTSD or anything, your family knows when you're hurting. Are you, how are you showing up for them? Kids especially, I, I mean, I think they're, they're much more intuitive than we think they are. And how are you showing up for your kids? Even just you as a, as a parent, um, are you a because I said so, do this because I said so type person? Um, I've never been a because do this because I said so. Yeah, there are times for safety reasons like just just do this. But problem-solving skills are weak in younger generations. And you think about it, our kids are born with this natural curiosity. If, they, if, a, if a child is born into a, a family that speaks two languages or even four languages in the house, that child is going to know four languages by the time they're four years old. But what happens when we get to school? They go to school and they're taught not to question, but they're taught to memorize answers. They're taught, like, do this because I said so. Know this because this is the truth. This is what you're, you're being taught. They're taught to memorize things rather than question. I was never like that with my, uh, with my son. I, if he had questions why, I never said because I said so. He had questions because he was curious. He wanted to understand. He wanted to help problem solve. He wanted to form his own opinions. And so I always gave him the reasons why. But here's the thing. How are you showing up for you? How are you showing up for you? If the horses feed off of your energy, and so do those around you, how are you taking care of yourself? Capital S, capital E, capital L, capital F, in order to be able to help take care of others around you. Which leads me into the next exercise here, which was, which is exercise and diet. And, and we actually start each morning with, uh, with yoga outside. And we tell people like, I, you know, we've had guys there that have, have come back, veterans that have come, gone through the program and come back. And I love it when they tell the, the new group that comes in during orientation and like, look guys, I like all this freaking yoga woo woo crap. Like I, I swear, I mean, this, I was like, there's no way you're getting me on like a mat to do this hippy dippy stuff. And, and I get it. Right. But then there's a reason for with that we do yoga first thing in the morning. And it's because you do notice a shift. And there's uh, I'll talk a little bit more about this here in just a little bit. But we also do we also have a holistic nutritionist that comes in that talks about how our diet affects us, our hormones, our brain waves, everything. And the yoga is the exercise, but we do talk about exercise as well. And the lesson here is in is in how are you taking care of yourself? Now, in the military, we spend a stupid amount of time on cleaning our weapon. And we used to hate it coming back from the field. It's got mud inside of it. It's got, like, carbon from, from firing. Like, it's a pain in the ass to clean the weapon. And we'd be out there for, like, freaking, like, an hour or two just cleaning our weapons. It had to be absolutely spotless. But we knew in battle, that it could save our life. The last thing you want is be out on the battlefield with a dirty weapon. Enemies coming around the corner now. You go to pull the trigger and doesn't go bang. Not a good day. Not a good day. So we take care of our equipment because it really can save our life one day. Well, during hard times, 
and for veterans suffering from PTSD, your brain and your body, your hormones, your focus, your ability to overcome stress, these are the things that are going to help get you through. If you don't take care of your brain, if you don't take care of your body, you're basically coming to battle with a dirty weapon that is not going to fire for you when you need it to the most. You take care of your brain and your body with care. So how are you treating your body? How are you treating your mind? What are the things that you're telling yourself? The negative things that you're telling yourself. The negative things that you're doing to your body. Every cell in your body is regenerating right now. Every single cell. You have cells that are dying off in your body. You have cells that are, are becoming new in your body. And every six months, you literally have a new body. Literally. I have a, a friend of mine who is one of the, the uh, RRT coaches at the retreat. And he paints his toenails black. And he, he paints them, I think it's like once a year, he paints the entire toenail black. And then he leaves it there. And he does it to remind himself that he's not the same person as he was before. Because as that toenail grows forward, that black starts to move up toward the tip of the toe. And he can look down at any time. He's a combat veteran. He's a combat veteran that um, also worked with me. And if he ever needs reminding, he just looks down at his toes. And he can see that that black line is like halfway through. And, he, and, he, and it's a reminder that you're not the same person that you were yesterday, last week, last month, last year, 10 years ago. You're not that same person. A lot of us beat, each, beat ourselves up from the person that we've been in the past. It's hard to get past those things. We have a lot of survivor guilt coming back from battle if we lost somebody over there. Like, why them? Why couldn't it be me? We know we can't change the past. The person that we were is not the person who we are today. It doesn't have to be. And we can regenerate every part of ourselves, not just our physical being, but our mental being as well. What you do now has long-lasting effects. You can make that one-degree shift and be a different person, literally, both physically and mentally, a week from now, a month from now, right now. Okay, Uh, the next thing we'll go over, one of the other exercises that we do is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And again, my my friend that's a coach, paints his his toenails black, um, brings in a couple of other, I mean, he's a a BJJ instructor, brings in a couple of other guys, and shows people um, some BJJ moves. We We break out the mats, and we've got everybody down there doing these, you know, just it's just usually just one move how to get out of out of like a, a mount uh, or and it's uh yeah it's a complicated task take it step by step and they do it most most guys have never had any sort of BJJ experience out there uh, maybe one or two I've, I've seen have had some experience but certainly not at the level that they go through things with um, my friend Aaron and and the other instructors that come in and this was a really uh, this was a really powerful one this time, um, because the veteran that really one of the veterans I mean they all they all I learned so much from all of them but one of the vets 
Jordan was in the Air Force, and he broke his back bailing out of a canopy training session where basically it's a parachuting accident. It's, he was uh, preparing for his F-15 training, and one of the things you have to do, it's, it's just, I think it's just a one-time thing, but you've got to learn how to parachute out of there, and he, so he parachuted down and landed too hard when he hit the ground. And over the next year, his, his health really went down. He was plagued with pain, mobility problems, uh, until he learned about a, a year later that what he had really done was broken his back, and it went untreated. And so now he has to use a walker. Um, he's used a cane. And this is a young guy. It's a young guy. Um, that would be very overwhelming for people. He had one of the most positive attitudes that I've, I've seen from any of the veterans coming through. Uh, my son came with me this time, Tristan. Uh, he's working in, in, at Warrior Life now, and he's helping out with all the video stuff, and, and we got video testimonials. And, and Jordan really, really worked with my son a lot, just really talked with him and, and just had some great conversations. And Jordan just never gives up. This, he was the one guy there who really had like serious mobility problems, had a walker the whole time there. But during Brazilian jiu-jitsu, he didn't sit out. He participated in the training. Now, at the end of learning how to do this move and everybody practicing, switching back and forth and everything, Aaron let everybody do like, okay, this is the first time I think I've seen him do this, but all right, let's, uh, who wants to go do some free grappling here and uh, kind of, you know, sparring for BJJ in a way, but only at 30% speed. Like, let's just go ahead and we'll just keep knowing it. We don't want anybody to get hurt, so let's give 30% speed here. Well, Jordan was one of the first people to raise his hand, say, I'll, I'll do it. And so Aaron matched up with a guy who was about eight inches taller than him. No mobility problems at all. And they get out there on the mat. And it was just supposed to be 30% speed, but it's kind of hard to do that. Once you're in it, you're in it. Like once two guys are kind of grappling back and forth, you're wrestling around, it's kind of hard to just do 30% speed. And Jordan brought it. Like he brought it. I was worried that he was going to be leaving on a stretcher, but he was standing up. He was picking the guy up. I mean, it was like he was bringing 150% out on the mat and gave the other guy, like there was no winner. He didn't get, he didn't get pin tapped or anything like that. He, they went for a good, you know, almost two minutes. It was grueling and they did it. And the lesson here really came from another veteran that saw this. And that's Zach. Now, Zach has gained a lot of weight uh, since his time in the service, dealt with a lot of issues, both physically and mentally. And when we did our final check-in, Jordan, I mean, sorry, Zach said that, you know, we were talking about like the biggest takeaways that we got from the weekend. Zach said that one of his biggest takeaways was watching Jordan out on the Brazilian jiu-jitsu mat. And he said, you know, I, I've, I've gained weight. Um, I haven't been working out. I haven't been eating right. And I've made all these excuses in the world. My, my knees hurt. My back hurts. I'm tired. But Jordan showed Zach that these were all just his own self-limiting excuses that he was bringing to himself. He wasn't bringing his best warrior to the battlefield. But when he saw Jordan, this guy who was using a walker, get up there and go 150% and really bring it out on the mat, it kind of makes you feel stupid for saying, oh, I don't feel like working out today because, oh, my back hurts or I'm just tired or I'm whatever. Like, 
who are you bringing to the battlefield? Are you bringing your best self? So that was really powerful to see that transformation in Zach, but then also to see the inspiration that Jordan gave everybody there as well. Now, the last thing I'll go over here is the rapid resolution therapy uh, that the soldiers get, the veterans get when they get there, which is the real magic of the retreat, because it really is a game changer. It really is a game changer. And some of the transformations happen because of the magic that happens in that two-hour session that they get with their RRT coach and the transformation that happens there. But here's the thing. It, the, the rapid resolution therapy is so different than any other type of therapy out there. It works so fast. It, it, it's so life-changing. And veterans have gone through every other type of therapy out there to try and get past their hurdles that don't work, that the hardest part is for us to show them that something really can work, that if I can just get them to crack the door, if I can just get them to crack the door, just to be open to something different. And that is the purpose of all the other things that we do. Working with the horses, which I poo-pooed in the beginning is like, I don't, you know, I, I didn't want to, I don't want these guys. Let's just bring them in and get them the RRT. That's what works. But if somebody goes into a situation thinking that they know everything, and that's the biggest hurdle that we have is I've tried everything. Nothing's going to work. All I can do is just deal with this day by day and just do the best that I can. Then we can't get them to open up for the real magic, which is the RRT. And so that's the purpose of the equine therapy. Like, oh, I've never worked with a horse. Oh, I didn't realize that what I bring to this horse. Oh, I did. It's just, it's shifting the perception just one degree. And then we do the holistic nutrition. Oh, I didn't realize the effect that um, this, you know, fried foods had on me. Uh, I didn't realize, you know, in our, we have a juicing class that, or not a juicing class, it's a, a juicing party, we call it. And guys taste like this fresh juice for the first time out of the juicer and, and they realized that, wow, this gave me more energy than the monster drink or the, the energy drink that I'm drinking three or four of these a day. Like they don't, they, they, it's just little one degree shifts of perception. So by the time they hit RRT, they're already, you know, and this happens at the end of the retreat. And the reason why is just exactly that, because when they come there, they're like, okay, I didn't think a lot of this stuff had any merit whatsoever, So, but you've opened my eyes, so I'm ready for it now. So now we've got them where we know that this is going to work now. So the, some of that transformation, most of the transformation really happens during the magic of the RRT sessions that they have with their coaches. But sometimes it opens up possibilities also that are right in front of us that we can't see. So I had a, a conversation with Jordan on the last day, same guy from the, uh, from the BJJ mats. <clears throat> Excuse me. And one of the things during the session, and, and one of the things about the RRT itself for any veterans who are listening out there is like, you don't, it's not like traditional therapy where you talk about your trauma, you talk about what happened, and we're going to work through it and how you feel about it. And because soldiers don't want to, we don't want to relive that trauma. We don't want to go back to it. It's a horrible memory. And when we think about it, it's like it's happening now. That's what makes that's what makes PTSD so debilitating is because it feels like it's happening right now. You can listen to my episode on PTSD and, and, and 
what rapid resolution therapy is, how it works and everything in a previous podcast episode that I will link to in the show notes here. But sometimes it's, it's something else that comes out of the RRT. So one of the things is we, we talk about visualization of colors. And because we can give associations to our trauma that helps us to not have to relive the trauma, but then also it helps us to work with the trauma without having to relive the trauma. And so one of the ways that we do this with the RRT is to visualize favorite color and visualize other things, sounds, positive things. And so Jordan said that what came out of his RRT session was his favorite color. I mean, he didn't even like skip a beat. It's azure blue. It's the color of the sky. It's just that, just that beautiful, beautiful, deep, rich blue color of the morning. And then his favorite sound are birds. He loves the sound of birds, especially like songbirds in the, you know, in the morning when they're just starting to wake up and they're just starting to you know, get out there and they're talking to one another. And he realized that the pain meds that he was on for his broken back, I mean, he's, he lives with a constant state of out of, out, of ten, out, of, out of a pain scale of 10, 10 being the highest pain, he lives at about a four or five or a six. But the pain meds, unfortunately, make him sleep a lot. So he has to take like naps during the day. And sometimes he might, he might not get to sleep. I mean, he has insomnia. A lot of veterans have insomnia and they don't go to bed until like almost sunup. And that was what was happening to him. He is that he was, he was basically like, and his, and his wife works, uh, she gets up early during the day. She gets up, I think it was like four o'clock or so. And then she gets ready and at six o'clock she heads off to to work she has her coffee and everything and so he was finding that sometimes uh, he would go to bed at three o'clock in the morning or so before she even got up never even saw his wife he he always had to take naps in the afternoon so when she would come back from work sometimes he'd be napping and wouldn't get up until about seven eight o'clock at night and she goes to bed at nine o'clock at night so he might only see her for an hour that day and what he realized was that his medications, his sleep patterns, all of these things were keeping him away from his favorite color, that morning blue, keeping him away from his favorite sounds, songbirds that are getting up in the morning and, and out there chirping, and keeping him away from his wife in that, that special alone time in the morning, that coffee time where she's normally alone and he's sleeping, and that they were missing out on this quality time together surrounded by birds, looking up at the beautiful blue sky. He was missing out on the most important things in his life because he was letting his condition, his environment, his, his PTSD, the pain meds, all of these things that he didn't have control, that he does, that I'm sorry, that he does have control over, um, keeping him from the best things in life. And so this brings me back to how are you showing up? What are the things that you do have control over? To be able to fix your bucket, to be able to have a better bucket, to deal with life's water coming over the bow, to make those one degree shifts that are gonna have the biggest impact 
on your life, on your relationships, and even on your training? What are those things that you can do, that you do have control of, that are going to make a better life for you, to make you better prepared? This, these retreats always change me. They change me every time. It's overwhelming to see the strength that so many of our veterans have. In fact, one of the, one of the veterans I talked to said he held back from coming to the retreat, held back from getting help because he saw it as a sign of weakness. And there's this stigma that if you raise your hand and say, I've experienced trauma, that I'm, I'm suffering from PTSD, that it's, it's showing a weakness. And what he realized instead was that not getting help was his weakness. It takes more strength to approach a problem, to approach our issues, to get help, to raise your hand and say, I need help. Especially, I think, for guys who are seen as the protectors. It takes real strength to raise your hand. Not, not to just shove it all down and just go steady on. It takes real strength to make those one degree shifts, to put down the fucking donut, <laughs> to put down the soda. That takes strength. But that's the 1% that will get you to a whole other place than where you're headed right now. We can all make changes in our lives for the positive. I've gained a little squishy around my, my midsection myself. Gotta admit. <laughs> but... Uh, I always come back energized and back on track and with more tools than I had before to become a different person today, tomorrow, next week, next year, 10 years from now, and to bring my higher self to my relationship with my girlfriend, with my son, and with myself. And that's what I wish for you too. If you want to help sponsor our veterans, Again, they don't pay a single dime, and 100% of your donation goes into sponsoring a veteran to get to the help that they need. These guys go back a different person than what they were when they came. They go back healed. That's a beautiful thing. If you want to help out, um, we do rely on donations to be able to get them there. So you can go to um, www.operationsaveoursoldiers.org. And you'll find out more information about the retreats there, the rapid resolution therapy, and you can also make a donation there. Every little bit counts. It's five bucks. makes a big difference. Okay? So what are you going to do? What's your action plan? What's your one degree? How are you going to build a better bucket? I'd like to hear from you. Go ahead and leave a comment on the blog where you see this podcast episode over on our site over at warriorlife.com or you can go to warriorlifepodcast.com and that'll take you over to the podcast section of our blog and I'd love to hear from you. What are some things that you got out of this that are going to help you change your life? What shifts are you going to make? Love to hear from you. And until our next Warrior Life broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. 
We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare, train, survive. Survive.